All right, after that inspiring music right there, getting the bull into the, the ring right here. I'm Bars. He's Pilkey. We got Ryan behind the board right now helping us out. This is the Voices of Gen X, and uh, we're going to jump right into things today after having our first episode uh, last week. And this week, we want to focus in on uh, Scott and I were talking a lot about social media and how it plays a huge role. And um, let's just kind of start right there, Scott. You're out in the uh, recruiting trail right now trying to get athletes you and I talked a lot about our generation, Generation X, being the fact that we weren't really trained in this sort of thing. So we're kind of learning it as we go, whereas the, the generation now that's coming up, I mean, they know how to use the technology and they had to build a brand as well. And we talk a lot about going beyond that brand. What is it you're seeing with, uh, with the kids out there that you're on the recruiting trail and how is social media affecting everybody? Well, it, you know, one of the big things and great, it's great to be back here with you guys again. Um, because as we focus a bit more on the voices of Generation X, I think we need to start looking at the landscape of where all of our voices are going. And right now that happens to be on the internet, whether it's social media, TikTok, and every digital form, whether it's virtual reality. Yes, these are incredible, incredible tools. Um, but you know, there's going to be a big backlash, uh, at least amongst the Generation Z kids, uh, towards technology. You know, one of the things where I'm out on the road, and I, I take every opportunity that I can to learn something about the intrinsic dynamic in every single group of people that, ha that have shared experiences, similar to if you were remember where you were on 9-11, or if you remember where you were when JFK was shot. You know, when kids are experiencing the same kind of trauma, where are they experiencing it? On the internet, constantly. And we have to remember that that trauma on the internet is the mimic of the real life trauma that we have. It's a propagation of it in symbolic form through digital media and everything else, through the memes, the, the, shortened, uh, the shortened branch of thinking is what we have on the internet. And when I go out and I talk to the kids and I talk to them about time management, I talk to them about, even when I'm dealing with CEOs or professional athletes or whoever it is that I'm talking to as a client, I always ask, you know, where do they compete? Where do they, where are they competitive and where are they kind of lacking in that ability to compete in their lives? In other words, where do they feel like they could still grow and develop and, and be better competitors, more complete people, I believe are more complete communicators and complete competitors of representing who they really are, not the role that they're supposed to be doing, uh, which you can do well in this world. You know, the fake it till you make it cliche is, uh, <laughs> is a real thing because we go through the motions. We mimic at the speed of emulation, right? And that's what coaching and recruiting is all about. So when I go out, I'm gathering information always about where I have to have insights so I can become a better coach, a more perceptive recruiter, and ultimately shape a team before we even take the field. And that's what we're doing when we're talking about hiring people and, and the workplace environment or our life and relationships. All of this is affected by technology. Yeah. Nobody is saying it, and I think we need to say it here first. I will never demonize the tools of humanity. I think that the internet, everything that's on it has amazing capabilities to help enlighten, to help bring more awareness, to develop specific things in all of us, in every generation. But the way it's built 
as Ryan was mentioning and we were talking about, none of us were prepared for technology. Technology right. prepares us. It, it takes all of our virtual information, basically pimps out every minute of our time online and feeds it back to us in some form of way of keeping us online, distracting us. Well, that's where it comes back to the kids, like right now. I'm looking at the most competitive student athletes, the people that live to compete at their high school that could go on to play college football. That is 7% of the population. 7% get to do that, okay? And when you're sitting in a room with every one of those kids that are chomping at the bit to get back out on the football field, when you ask them about their personal lives, they're quiet. When you talk to them about their experiences online, it's negative. And when I ask the final question at the end of every presentation, if it's a room of one person or 10 people or 20 people, I'll sit there and I'll ask and I'll take my phone out and I'll say, how many of you, when you decide that you're of age, that you want to start a family, should you want to start a family? How many of you, if you should have kids in the future, will allow your kids to utilize this technology? They all shake their head. No, 100% of these kids tell me absolutely not. My son, daughter, will never spend the amount of time on here. And then I asked, but what are you going to do as soon as we're done with our meeting here? They all smile and knowingly will dive back into the phone because that's where their potential has been spent. Like we were talking before we got on this thing and I was talking about all these pre-topics that you and I had been discussing off, off right. the camera. And you're going, well, you're using all the best stuff. Well, what's all the best, what's all the best stuff? your time, your attention, your focus. And all of these kids are going to rise up and say, you know what? The way we've been using this is not the way it's going to be in the future. Some of your wealthiest people in the world, are they're going to have to diversify because this generation is sick of this. They, but they don't know how to get beyond it. And so when we talk about beyond brand and everything else, I think it's important for us to talk about beyond the technology. How can we use technology to make us better competitors, more complete people? So that's kind of where, you know, I saw this past, I, I got 200 kids that answered that question and 100% of the most competitive people that you'll meet are saying that they don't want to be in this environment and they don't want their kids to be in this environment, but they don't know anything else. And that probably yeah. is this is systemic of like poverty and a bunch of other things that, you know, everybody has opinions about. Right. Right. But you're thinking this is the poverty of the mind, man. You're, you're, you're eating fast food information. This is drive through diagnostics. This is this is not the way people learn. And the technology can be as great as it wants to, but it does not change the irreparable fact that we are dying over time and that this thing is a muscle. And if it's not repped in real life with the assistance of technology to better yeah. our decision-making process, then we're wasting our time. Yeah. Let me give you a little peek behind the scenes. We're talking about kind of the, the technology and this is the media forum, right? So obviously I've been, you know, came up through that whole aspect of it. I, I can tell you back in the day, I pr produced basketball games for ESPN, right? And we would do these like incredible productions. And this is kind of like 
a brand building type thing, right? You you just like dramatic opening and you show the players and you put some music on it just to build up for the game. And then I want to say probably like 90s, ESPN kind of changed their form and was like, just get to the action. So it was like people people are turning on to watch the game. They don't want to see your pre-produced, you know, fluff piece on on how great everybody is. They want to watch the actual game. So that that's one way the technology's changed. And now it's gone back to the opposite, which is the build your brand aspect of it. A lot of these athletes, they're on there doing this like pre-produced piece to sell themselves, showing all their great highlights. Nothing bad, of course, right? And and I would imagine you've got to deal with that because back when we were being recruited, right? I mean, people would show up to a game. Um, they'd give you a phone call that was on the wall. Like now they've, you've got so much access to information. I'll give you another example. Like uh, September 11th, I was on the anchor desk in Chicago um, at WGN when it was happening. We didn't have access to all this technology, right, at that time. So we would just get on our wires. You know, you'd have the AP wire. And like when the plane went missing over Pennsylvania, you didn't know where it was going. And Chicago, of course, panic, you know, the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower, whatever they're calling it now. Um, just those aspects of technology have changed so much. You have instant access to information that can be helpful, that can be also destructive as well. Well, and I think that what you're talking about there is the manipulation of yeah. the word that we just used, recruitment. And I think that recruitment is, we have to remember that this technology doesn't only recruit, it grooms, it, it's, a, it's a pure propaganda and sales machine. It, it knows how to create craving. It knows every single thing that your eyes and hands do. It knows exactly what draws your attention. And again, I don't look at this and go, oh, conspiracy. I'm not, no, this is real shit. This is real stuff, you know? It's here, and, yeah. And, but but we're, we're burning books. We're blaming uh, things on people all over the place. We're we're supposedly, you know, so cut in half as a country. That, no, no. We are smelling crap from a huge cesspool of human mediocrity, and that's the Internet. <laughs> it's the most unchecked thing that is in every single one of our lives. The government won't regulate it. We won't do a restart. We won't set up another internet where just education and human development, um, you know, you should be able to go whichever one you want to, but you know what, that, that's not even a consideration because there's too much money involved. And I, and I don't, I don't mind that except as a competitor, as a competitive person, knowing that you have to compete in order to achieve things. You have to compete with yourself in order to overcome thoughts and limitations of what you've learned about what it's really supposed to be about. But all of that is virtual, right? It's just someone else is saying, it's someone else telling, this is what a man is, this is what a woman is, this is what, in whatever direction you wanna go, right? I mean, it's, it, it, it's all leading to the most divisive aspects in our society, which you and I aren't gonna cover that because it's, this is a place to talk about why it's happening and what can we do to not observe singular aspects, but to talk on a greater, how do we compete for one another? What is there for us to do? One of the reasons right. why I do you bring co-practics is because I see this potential in every generation. And the last two generations that I've worked with, from Gen X to the millennials down to Gen Z, there's mm -hmm. less and less confidence, self-confidence, self-assurance. You know, they're supposed to be 
learning, but there's just such a huge imbalance right now of virtual experience and visceral practice. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I would say on our end as well, we may have real world experience that was real world when we were growing up, but the right. real world has been affected by the technology to such a degree that there's an imbalance in every generation because of a singular thing that none of us were prepared for. And that is the internet and the technology that we're currently in. And I don't want to say it's a competitor, but it's competitive. And what's the ultimate goal to monetize? Well, that's to measure every single bit of our virtual movement to predict as much as you can, to make as much money as you can, to win as often as you can. I mean, we're looking at Michigan, for example. Now, I'm going to Buckeye. I'm a Buckeye guy, but I'm going to stay <laughs> neutral. I'm saying that we have gotten to such a degree in this country where, hey, without question, the head coach is a great coach, best talent, tremendous recruiter, Ward Manuel, a former boss of mine, and just an incredible above-board moral guy. But when you start talking about the lengths that we're going to win to make money, I'm not naive to think that that hasn't always been there. But all of my favorite actors when I was growing up that I wanted to aspire to be all are coming out now going, yeah, I took steroids. When I was a kid, you didn't know about that. You were allowed to be a right. kid. You gradually learned about this. You were prepared for this world gradually so you could at least go in with a good heart and an open mind. That is not the case anymore. Right. Imagine what these kids are seeing. Imagine the hope that's crushed. You know, you've got influencers, you've got disruptors, but the technology is the great distractor. It is not an attraction. It's a distraction from our time in our real world. And when these kids grow up, like you and I are suffering on the other end of it, not suffering, but I'm saying the generation that we're in now result, is going, right. what's next? Like I right. think every other generation does. <laughs> I agree. You know? So right. that's where I think this is, you know, you're the one that always interviews and asks the questions, but I want to ask you a question. Sure. When you had to step down after 28 years as mm -hmm. a two-time Emmy winner, as a broadcaster that was able to not only work on like Good Morning America, but in every major, I mean, that is a 1% job. You have mm -hmm. to have the you have to have the intelligence. You have to have the journalism. You have to have an appearance. You have to have a voice. You have to have a confidence. And when you have been that symbol, that communication godhead at times right. that people watch and get their news from, to right. be at the peak of that industry and to see how watered down it is now, to where yes. truth is truth is drowning. It's not drown, it's drowning. Truth yep. is truth is forever. Truth will find a way to breathe again. But where is that? And, and from your perspective, what do you think has to happen from your vantage point and going forward in order for us to right this ship? If it needs to be righted at all, or are we just kind of in, you know, are we in the middle of the next phase of human development? I mean, maybe we're just, you know, swimming against the current here for a minute. For, but then it's going to sweep us away anyway. You know, uh, what's your I, I take on that? My take is going to take some major international event. I think it's going to take, and we're getting close to that. 
I think it's going to take something where you need people that have experience that have been there before. I'll give you an example. Every time September 11th would roll around and I'd have a producer that would be working with me that was 20 something years old, you know, fresh out of college. I didn't have experience, people, but I was on the desk on 9-11. I remember that. I remember that day and and just how, I, and you you as well, right? We all just remember just going, what is happening with the world? What just, oh my gosh, I was about to bring my son into the world. You know, he was born a month after September 11th. And I just think you look at that and people forget it. So when I would do a broadcast and, and a producer would write something, I would be like, no, that's the wrong tone. You, you, I'm like, how old were you when this happened? Oh, I was like five or I was not even born or I was in a classroom in fifth grade and they rolled in a, you know, a TV. Um, there's no perspective anymore, which I think this is what, you know, you and I talk about, like in my industry, I just see it just going by the wayside. I think it's going to die a slow death, like the newspapers, for example, which I, I miss the newspapers, getting it, reading it. And it was the first time you heard of it. And you, you got a little in depth, you got a little intelligence, you got a little experience from people that were writing that were there and making it happen. And now it's, you've got inexperienced people that just want to be on TV, just like this generation, the younger generation, just likes to see themselves and thinks that's what it's about. Journalism is basically dead, um, getting accurate information. It bums me out that I'm not able to express that and share that with these kids and give them perspective, even just covering stories on how they do it. Now it's just, it's just, it's in the sewer, you know? And then, and you see a lot of these broadcasters too now on social media posting pictures in their bikinis and I mean, you think you'd see Peter Jennings or Diane Sawyer doing that? Ah, I don't think so. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny because when we talk about, like, our experiences, and then you realize, like, we talk about perspective and how the perspective can kind of ripple out because the more we talk about it, the more we can dig down into it, the more mm -hmm. we can drill down into something, the more we can build relationships and find common ground where like we just talked about i think what's very significant about what you just said is and it's very important to what we're trying to do maybe right. like hey hi mom hi mom you know we only have five people watching but anyway <laughs> but the point that we're making is that we have a perspective that has to expand out like i don't want to tell somebody this is how you got to live your no, no 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 right if you if you're happy with the way you're developing your life, then you develop it. I, I am, you know, I love, I love, a, I love that perspective. Cause I also say, you know, it's, it's, a, it's still an amazing country to me when yes. everybody can say anything they want to. And it's the political agendas that pick that stuff up and then, and then place it on this Destroy. side or this side. When in actuality, we, we don't have it with this technology down the line, you're going to probably have the ability to know every single solitary person that you ever want to fully get to know because you'll have access to every single bit of information, not just their little memes and their blurbs, but you're going to actually see how they experience their life instantly. If that's, that's scary. the way this is going. But, it, but, it's, but that's the way it could go. And and right. where you're you're talking about, I mean, I've read so much stuff on this, but you know, and I'm 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 not I'm not talking about you know on watching YouTube and stuff, but actually really incredible papers on how you know they there was a thought that technology 
is divisive. It's really not. It's isolating. And yes. because it, we, we all know this, we've heard this, that the algorithms feed you exactly what it thinks you want, which might be your most base, might be your anger, it might be your political, it might be your, your religion, it might, whatever, but it's all smashing together. And AI does this with like art, right? AI right. art takes Rembrandt, Picasso, some comic book character, some whatever, you know, mad magazine and smashes together and gives you this thing where you go, oh my God, it's genius. No, no, it's, 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 it's plagiarizing and smashing together. To it's great technology. Don't get me wrong, but it still comes from us. And we have to realize that no generation owns the information anymore. Everybody's writing their own history. Right. There's, there's, and everybody's questioning everything. So right. I think that the questioning or the standing up for perspectives, you know, kinds of brings it back, kind of brings it back to that original, and I paraphrase it, you know, the old saying or axiom, you know, if you, if you prick me, do I not lead just like you do? If you, you know, if, if, if you hurt me, don't I feel the same kind of pain? You know, right. because when we realize that the life that we're living is a shared trauma, if your trauma is coming from an Israeli, Israeli bomb and Israelis are coming from a Hamas, you know, grenade launcher and you know, the trauma is what we're talking about. This yeah, is let, what let's, we're let's, let's, swimming in. Let's dive, you know? let's dive into that a little bit, because it's one thing that when we talked months ago and you were talking about this trauma. It's something you've studied. I found it fascinating because it's something I never thought of, right? Like things that happen in our life that we may not even recognize. And in our generation, we kind of push through. It's like, yep, okay, that happened. Time to move on. What are you going to do, right? And um, you don't realize that how that impacts your life. So I, I would be interested in people that you're dealing with, people that you're coaching um, that have had to deal with that from different generations is that is that kind of like a root cause? Do you, do you kind of want to get at that first in order to build somebody up? Well, you know, the, the best part about having a guy like Ryan here, you know, Ryan right. and, and, and I never discuss, you know, what I talk about with a person, you know, but I will tell you, you know, a guy like Ryan who's who's doing this broadcast with us or podcast with us is because, you know, Ryan and I got to be very good, uh, good friends based on um the interaction that we had based on the ability that I saw in Ryan and the ability that he knew he had inside of himself. And we went through a little bit of that training that I do. And, and Ryan made some big decisions in his life in conjunction with what he was doing. And, and it, it, it really proves to me that we are capable of making our own decisions completely, but we need more information about ourselves. Like you're talking about, why do I say the things that I say? Like, I always look at the cliche communication of a person. Hey, good mm -hmm. morning. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? Boom. <laughs> Meanwhile, both people are maybe miserable. Maybe, you know, we don't know. We don't know. And I don't think that we'll ever fully know, but we have to have reverence and for the shared trauma. And, you know, my wife taught me a ton of this to the degree that, you know, my wife works in domestic violence counseling and victim witness uh, awareness and, and just a tremendous human rights advocate. And I've learned a lot over the 30 years, so much so I had to do a deep dive into it just to try and see, OK, is trauma consistent? 
And what I came up with was, you know, and again, it's not just mine, but it's variations of what I've studied and, and what I've witnessed over and over and over again. When you we look at football, football is a collision sport. And what right. are you really preparing the whole physical human being for? It's the trauma of collision. Now, if you scale that out, every one of us is dying a little bit every single day. We were already in a traumatic experience. You know, we're breaking down as we get older. We're trying to rally in our 50s. These kids are trying to rally out of out of social networks. You know, they're they're aging before their time. They, they don't have the youth that we did where we could fall, scrape a knee. I mean, I'm not saying, look, a lot of them, most of them do. But there's so much dependency on the technology for experience that it takes away from the visceral development time. I want to experience, I want you to experience everything, but you're going to experience it differently if you develop yourself to know what your great potential is, to know what your ability to experience, how do you want to experience the world? And then how do you want to communicate as a musician, as an athlete, as a broadcaster, as someone who's involved in technology, whatever your thing is. The more right. you know of yourself, the more authentic and complete experience you're going to have. So we talk about trauma. Trauma is the experience. There's three levels of it that I found. There's intentional, where you might use something like, um, well, football. What you do intentionally to your body to play the game. It's, it's right. traumatic and it takes away. You choose that level of competition and commit to it. I get it. I love it. I, I'm As bad as it is. Uh, for the body, I have to say that I love collision. I've always loved that yeah. level of competition. But then there's intentional trauma, where it's domestic violence, for example, or war, right? Things mm -hmm. we do against individuals that we supposedly love and human beings that we demonize, categorize, and minimize, calling them vermin, calling them, you know, horrible, horrible things that just make them unhuman. We lack our humanity in our labeling of people and our branding of people, which is what we're talking about. It's used for good, but it's also used for bad. And we've right. seen this, you know. Um, and again, I, I don't want to demonize anything. I want us to be able to walk the middle, even though Mr. Miyagi said you walk down the middle of the road, you get squished like grape. I think it's important <laughs> for us. I think it's important for us to be able to get off the blocks see what's coming at us and know what we're in and realize our trauma. You know, there's the intentional trauma that's done to us. And right. many of us have that, right? Many of us have that thing that, that that's in our life that we go, wow, you know, that was boom. That was a mini big bang in my life. Right. And then you've got unintentional trauma. Now this is the stuff that we observe once or twice or three times removed. Maybe it's us watching the, the implosion of the Twin Towers. Nothing affected me more than that in, in the last right. 20 years, aside from my wife fighting cancer and stuff like that, losing some friends like we have recently, you know? But ultimately, most of the trauma is the unintended. And that's where we talk about ourselves. That's not just self-talk. It is the actual total commitment to who we believe we are. And our body shapes around that. Our mind prunes based on that. And we usually speak 
for ourselves, even when we're talking to somebody else, unless you're asking questions, you know, unless you're having a discussion. I don't, I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to be wrong. I'm, I'm saying that we have to have real hard nosed, nitty gritty conversations where we don't pick a side, where we work through it, like, like going through the, you know, the, the, the long trees to find a, you know, an amazing, you know, the old Indiana Jones experience, right? <laughs> or whatever that is. You know, I met somebody the other day that talked about that we have to get rid of the hero, the male hero story idol for women. This is not, we're not starting, oh, okay. but this person was online and she's a very, very brilliant writer. And I just, I said, she, she said, we have to get rid of the hero narrative in order to have different pathways for women to succeed. And I said, wait a second, that's the hero narrative. I don't care if you're, if you're trying to succeed and get the chalice, get the gold bar, whatever it is, you are in this competitive environment and it doesn't matter what the, the label is. It's Mm -hmm. literally about what, how are you, how have you been brand? How have you been branded? And, and what are you doing? To either maintain that, is it working for you? How's it working against you? We don't question it. We 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 take it on like we have the technology. Oh, right. this is pretty. Oh, this is a pretty stone. This is gold. This is a diamond. This is worth more than a human life. I mean, we already do this with with money. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm talking about it's not a fault. It's a default, and we have to look at how our technology is pruning the brains of our generation, how it's grooming them to think, how it's taking away from their time. And they know it. They know it and they can't do anything about it because this thing is more powerful than their resolve. And I think that we can look at technology and say it's the same thing with us. It it fills the gaps when we're lonely. It, It lets us look into different things. But when we realize we spend two hours on it just flipping through, We've just lost that time and somebody's made a fortune on us. Right. We're, we're not competing is what I'm saying in our trauma. We're just being traumatized over and over and we're doing it right. through this technology. So my hope is down the road that the integrity of truth, like you're talking about in journalism, will come back. I mean, there's real factions of it. No matter what side you look from, there are people that are genuinely trying to get to mm-hmm. the truth. But right. when you get rid of the godheads, when you get rid of the, sim- the symbolism of what we should be voting for, it comes down to really what you need in your life. You know, I vote for health care because my wife has had horrible health our entire life. I vote for education because I'm an educator. That's about it. And that's, and that's it. That's all it ever should have been. That's all it should be or could be again. But everything is connected to these things. You know, and and I think we need to separate that out and realize that everything has its own reality, not virtual reality. Everything has its own reality. And what is that? Trauma. Trauma. There's not a well, single kinda, one of us. That kind of speaks to what I was saying as far as, um, you know, real journalism, things like that. Um, yeah. the, the experienced people that are in the business. I mean, it takes a traumatic event to change people, to bring people together as well. Um, I mean, I can, 9-11, everybody was on the same side, right? We were all like, what just happened? 
what is going on in the world. There's people that hate us. Wow. Hate us that much. Um, and it brought us all together. And, and then you were speaking about that trauma. We've kind of forgotten it. I think as a society, as we've gone along now. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I think that that plays obviously a huge role and especially um, as we get older and, and we, we have that experience to pass on to the younger generation and the younger generation, I, I feel like is like, eh, whatever, I'll just figure it out. We don't need that, that experience. And I'm seeing that all over the place. You know, I mean, especially on social media, on the news when I watch it, um, if I have cable. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, it's just the information has changed and I mean, kind of what we're doing here, you know, just kind of pass yeah, all I our mean, knowledge in this one. We have to discuss it in order to know where we have to go next. And I, you know, and like you said, I, I don't want to kick a kid off the lawn. I want to, I want to find out, Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing it? You know, and then right. those kids may not need you. That's okay. Because our generation is not going to lead like, our parents' generation is currently leading, and like their grandparents, our grandparents led. It's it's not the same. There's a pooling of talent now in three generations. All are leveled because of technology. Yes. There's no there's no real uh, specialization anymore because no one has the years of experience to be specialized. That's why I go look. I, I'm a football coach. I know how people communicate. I know how people compete and I've always been gifted to see a person's potential and I know how to bring it out. So I'm going to create something that people can use to develop that in themselves, independent of someone telling them what to do or in conjunction with people telling them what to do so that they can make more critical thought processes that are based on what they still have to develop and learn about themselves. See, everybody thinks they're done. Why? Because they have a brand or because they're being seen or they're getting likes. Or when we were growing up, it was money, right? We, yep. We'll talk about all that stuff of what it was to grow up a competitive, you know, person in back in the day. But I don't think that's, I don't think that we need to discuss we'll that. We'll cover it another day, yeah. There's a lot that goes on in becoming a complete competitor that, uh, you know, it, it takes away from a lot of other areas of your life, too. And, right. and it kills it. You know, I mean, there, right. there's there's and, we, and I think anybody who grew up like that, it's an unsaid thing. You know right. what I mean? It's an unsaid thing. And there's nothing more, uh, nothing more damaging you know, across all demographics. Than not being able to compete and 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 have an option and have a potential of a dream in your life, and that's what this country is all about. So when yep. we eliminate, I don't care who you are, what your color is, where you're from, who you love, that none of that stuff matters. If you're a competitive person, yep. to build a society together, to make your bones, to carve your niche, you know what? I'm I'm there for you, man, or woman, whatever you, they, them, whatever, whatever you're. Your language is. That's your language. And I'm going right. to try to be open to understand different perspectives, but I'm not going to change unless I'm changing with someone, unless I learn something so completely wow that I go, I have to adopt this into my life somehow. Whether it's having a kid that, that you know, might not grow up the way you wanted them to or, you know, but 
you still love them or her, they or them. And, you know, and yeah, it's confusing. For, and everybody's got to admit that they're confused and a little effed up right now. All right. <laughs> All of us are. All of us are. Oh, hell yeah. There's not a single person out there that isn't effed up. Because we're all experiencing the same trauma on different levels. I don't know your story completely. You don't know mine, but they're shared and we can laugh about it. And, you know, but it's still there. It's still a limiting factor. And and I think until we address that in each in ourselves first, then we don't have a leg to stand on when we start perceiving other people's trauma. And, and, then, right. and I'm not saying we shouldn't have a, a views on things, but we need to really do the work in order to find out what's real to us and what's real to another person and go, wow, okay, okay. I'm not going to change, but, oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay. Now, most things happen between people because they don't understand. They don't want right. to, right? And I think that's where we're, where journalism breaks down is where human communication breaks down. Yep. Like I said, you used to be in front of it and and on the screen. A lot of people, you know, whatever. Then they, then that the corporate made it made a change, right? Yep. So you're doing so you're doing this now. Like I'm doing this now. I was on the sideline for, you know, I was a coach for 20 plus years. I was a head football coach when Tina got sick with cancer and I was a workaholic, a hundred hour work week, boom, 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 just winning, trying to win. But yep. I lost a view of everything. And my body said, Hey man, just keep eating your stress, Scott. That's what coaches do, right? Eat, eat that stress, man. Throw mud on it, Pilkey. You know, believe in all this nonsense while my body is going, look, you're going to have a heart attack if you don't stop here, yeah. you know, and take care I of your you. wife, you know? So, yep. so this is what we're talking about is, we cannot have a static perspective when we're breaking down instantaneously and being recruited elsewhere. You know, we're all stardust for God's sakes. We're already redistributed, you know, but we got to start from that and realize that we got to start looking at each other like that. And that's a way we can open up our eyes to ourselves and other, other people, you know, but the internet is mimicking us. Its total goal is to mimic consciousness, but it will never have the consciousness that we have because it's of us. It's of us. And, right. you know, all the movies and stuff about it taking over, blah, 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 blah. We create it. And if we don't become accountable for this technology, we're going to destroy ourselves because we forgot to talk. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I mean, just from the media world, um, if you ask any uh, person that owns a television station, if they can have a AI anchor who never calls in sick, who's always there on time, you don't have to pay. Um, you know, I think that's a very negative thing that, I mean, you see some of the AI stuff that's on online now where people are talking and it's not them. It's not, I mean, it sounds like them. It looks like them. So there is a dangerous aspect to it, but all that being said right now, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. I don't want to go too yeah. long today, but I think we've touched on this. And I think we've we've kind of gone to another level now of talking about, you know, generations. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, this, this is something that we're doing now because we can own it. We can control it. We're not, uh, you know, beholden to somebody else that wants to control it. And that's kind of our future. 
as we set new goals, as we try to achieve new things and this, you know, back nine of our life or back six, who knows how many, you know, years right. we have. Exactly. but you know, setting new goals. And I think that's a, that's a big thing for our generation. Um, Cause you see people going the wrong way or they're like, okay, I've, I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish in life. What's next. And so I think that's something we can really, uh, you know, talk a lot about on the, uh, the next podcast. If that's cool with you. Absolutely. Sounds great to me. All right, Scotty, appreciate it. Pilkey, Bars, Ryan over there hiding somewhere. I, I think hi Ryan. I'm I'm somewhere in there. <laughs> okay, good. good. <laughs> Somewhere the abyss. Yeah. We got we gotta we gotta tap into your potential because what you're you're 40, right, Ryan? Yeah, correct. All right. So I'm 53. Scott just turned 54, right? Yep. 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 Yeah, I know. All right. You gotta find some gotta find the motivation at certain ages of life, that's for sure. That's right, man. That's what we're, that's why we're doing this. And that's why I, you know, Hey, thank you. know, I, I appreciate both of you. And uh, yeah, we ran a little bit over today and I apologize. You get a little too verbose. I'll no. get, uh, I'll get a little bit better at that going forward. But, you know, I think it's the best part about what these shows uh, are, are doing is that it's revealing passion for people, you know, mm-hmm. and we start somewhere. And, and I think that the, this podcast is, what I call, I'd like to call a bring cast, you know, where do, where do these things bring us along? How do, how do we change after we, the three of us uh, communicate through this medium, you know, and that's the good part about this because it's already starting to manifest into it's taking form is what I mean. Right. And today I felt that there was more focus and passion and, and perspective and right. Whether we accomplish anything, if somebody's listening and they go, oh, that part, you know, oh, yeah, okay. Well, then then if, if everybody gives us a chance, right, Yeah. to just kind of put it out there and say, hey, this is for thought, you know, whatever. Well, I've, I've had so many conversations with people our age and, and they're kind of in the same boat that I am. Um, yeah. That maybe you are. You are. Um, it's like, okay. I've done everything. I, I've reached that, that goal. I, I set out those goals. Now, how do I reset them now? And what's next? And I think that's what a lot of people have questions about. I mean, I can just look at the, like we were talking about the media industry. I mean, you got young people coming in that can do, you know, five different things, five different jobs, and they'll pay them like it's one job, but they'll make them do five different things. And for like dinosaurs like me, which really, I mean, we kind of are at this age. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, well, you're no longer needed. I can get this person over here, pay him less money and do all those different things. And I can make money. So, and and that goes, the journalism goes by the wayside then at that Person. point. Yep. So just like anything else, just like anything else. So anyway, um, you're not long-winded at all. That's what this whole podcast is all about. So I was just looking at the time, but uh, we don't want to keep people too long, but we'll, we'll, we'll get together next week and we can talk about a little bit of goal setting and things like that. And sounds um, good. That sounds good with you guys. Sounds good to me. All right. Cue the horn. <laughs> <laughs>